He's Amit Carr, and I'm Telly Concepcion, and together we are Beyond the Numbers Podcast. We go beyond the numbers of sports and life to bring you the story within the story of the stories that matter. So come learn, grow, and have some fun with us. We are Beyond the Numbers Podcast. On today's episode, the guys go beyond the numbers of Super Bowl 55, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win over the Kansas City Chiefs, their reaction and analysis. They also share the story of Kenny Washington, professional football's Jackie Robinson. But first, their numbers of the day. Telly, my number of the day is one, as in the Buccaneers became the first team in Super Bowl history to have every point scored by a player not on that team in the previous season. We got Rob Gronkowski with two touchdowns. We have Leonard Fournette with a touchdown and Antonio Brown with a touchdown. All of these players are entering free agency going into the 2021 season, and there has never been a team to lose every player who scored a touchdown in a Super Bowl the following season. I'm already trying to take away my Bucks Super Bowl win, man. I already tried to take it away. Your prediction was wrong. I got it right already in the numbers of the day. Our first segment already trying to break us down. Come on, man. My number of the day, Beyonders, is two. Two fingers is what Antoine Winfield Jr. threw up at Tyreek Hill in the fourth quarter. This is the Buccaneers' second Super Bowl win. This was the second game of this season between these two teams, and I told you guys the results of this game. Also, Gronk scored two touchdowns in the game, or as him and Brady said, two tutties. Two tutties. I can't believe you said tutty. Two tutties. And as Bruce Arians said, we're going for two. We are going for two. Where we go, buddy? Oh, this is what we do. This is what, what we do. We're two tutties. Two tutties. Two tutties. I'm saving them for the Super Bowl. You did it all. You fouled out, baby. Ah, you fouled out. Where to go? Man. You let us hit it all. Where to go? Yes. So proud of you. Hell no, I ain't going anywhere. I'm coming back, try to get two. <laughs> and then we'll see after that. But, uh. No, this football team, I love these guys. And uh, we have a great staff, um, great team. Uh, hopefully, Jason and I can get together and, and keep most of them and, and uh, try to repeat. Beyonders, it's time for Before the Business. And it's important we take the time to highlight trailblazers. February is Black History Month here in America. And in honor of that, we wanted to share a story. That's right, Telly. Everyone knows Jackie Robinson and how he broke the color barrier in baseball. His number 42 is retired throughout the league. And every year, the entire league wears number 42 in his honor. But what is less known is about the breaking of the color barrier in football. CBS did a tremendous job throughout their coverage, highlighting diversity throughout the day leading up to the Super Bowl. And they told the story exceptionally, much better than I think we could have told it. So here is Viola Davis reporting for CBS. Now batting number 42, Robinson. April 15th, 1947. It was like the spirits of the Negro Leagues carried number 42 onto that diamond. Through the hate, the bigotry, the pain, the barrier keeping black players out of the major leagues was now forever broken. And the legend of Jackie Robinson was born. 
I mean, nobody in baseball will ever wear number 42 again because of that man and that moment. But I bet you already knew that story. Maybe you've seen the movies, read the books. So let me tell you a different story, one that's been overshadowed for far too long. Just imagine you're invisible. No one hears you. No one sees you, so no one remembers you. You're the best at what you do, but you don't get an audience, and nobody's giving you a stage. Think about how utterly helpless that would make you feel. That's what it was like for countless black athletes whose names we'll never know. So what was the NFL's Jackie Robinson moment? How do we get to today, the Super Bowl, the biggest stage in sports? Well, in order for me to give you this complicated tale, I'm gonna have to take you back years. No, decades before Jackie. It's the Roaring Twenties, and on September 26, 1920, the National Football League is born. With over 300 players in leather helmets, the league looked exactly like what you would imagine. But guess what? No color barrier. That's right, from day one, the NFL was integrated, if that's what you want to call it. 14 teams, two black players. One of those men you may have even heard of, Hall of Famer Fritz Pollard. Fritz's athleticism was undeniable on both sides of the ball. He could run like an Olympian, tackle like a wrestler, and in a sport that struggles to this very day to put black head coaches to work, Fritz did that too. But despite his success, progress was slow. There'd only been 13 black players since the league was started, and things were about to get worse. In the midst of the Great Depression, league owners met secretly to discuss their growing league and the Negroes' place in it. They decided that these colored boys were bad for business. Call it what you want, but this gentleman's agreement made it clear as day, blacks were not allowed to play in their league anymore, period. Just like that, one by one, those men were erased from the rosters taking with them the brief history of the black athlete and the National Football League. Now I bet you're wondering, how in the world do you go from a handful of black players to zero to the NFL we see today? Well, this part of the story takes us to Cleveland, Ohio. It's 1945 and the Cleveland Rams are champions of the NFL. Even though it was called the National Football League, it was more regional than national. You see, because all 10 teams played in the North and mostly Eastern part of the country. So the new champs saw an opportunity to do something bold. They left Cleveland, taking their talents where no other team had gone before, West. The Rams planned to display their football prowess on Tinseltown's grandest stage, the LA Memorial Coliseum. But this iconic stadium was located right in the middle of one of LA's proudest black communities, which meant it was funded by black tax dollars. A fact that didn't go unnoticed by a group of prominent black journalists led by Haley Harding, who pushed back. 
Why should this all-white team from this all-white league get to play their games in our stadium? And you know what? The entire community agreed. In a meeting with the Rams, Haley Harding gave them the answer. Kenny Washington. Now, Kenny Kingfish Washington was the man in Southern California. No stranger to the lights, the cameras, and the action. Like any true LA kid, he knew his way around a film set as an actor. But the silver screen never captured his heart. Football did. As a homegrown product of UCLA, Kenny broke all kinds of records, even led the nation in scoring. So of course, his next step was the NFL, right? Wrong. Remember, it's 1945. Black players did not play in the National Football League. So, here we are yet again, faced with that same question. What is the NFL's Jackie Robinson moment? It's this moment right here. March 21st, 1946. Kenny Washington signs with the Los Angeles Rams, breaking that 13-year unofficial color barrier in the NFL. This is what led us to Doug Williams. This is what got us to Tony Dungy and Ozzie Newsom. This is what gave us Marlon Briscoe, Jim Brown, Walter Payton, and all the black players who defied the odds, inspiring those who make the National Football League look like the nation that it represents today. Long after that day in 1946, Kenny Washington remains in the shadows, not in the Hall of Fame, like his friend and college teammate, Jackie Robinson. But remember this, it was 198 days before Jackie that Kenny Washington stepped out of that tunnel, blazing the trail for a new era on the gridiron. And that was the moment. The black football player was invisible no more. for this Tampa Bay defense. That'll make it fourth and 10. What's 10? Fourth down and 10. Mahomes pressured, 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 pressured. Chased by Nita Bay. Bay throws the ball against his body. And it is knocked away. Bucks will take over. The Chiefs have not scored a touchdown yet. It's over. Hey. Could be. Right now would be the two-minute warning. Would be. Yeah. Get that at two minutes. Yeah, get to the two minutes. Don't sell the Chiefs short. They trail 31 to 9, but they've got the weapon. It ain't over yet. Let's go. 31 to 9. Mahomes in the pocket over the middle. Chelsea with the catch. <laughs> B, let's go. You need some water? Anybody need some water? Turnover, it's over. Turnover, and it's over. You get a stop. Game over. For a pick. Hey. Take away. Sack fumble. Turnover. Where is that? Ended on a good note. That's the end on a good note. Take, take away. The Buccaneers are all so close to lofting that Lombardi trophy. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Mahomes running to his right. Look out, he may run. Mahomes directly back. Comes toward the end now. Battle intercepted. He's off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world. Yes, 
Super Bowl 55 reaction analysis. I've told the Beyonders time. I'm just a kid from Tampa Bay, Florida, living my best sports life. My Bucks just won the Super Bowl as I predicted. As Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. I said they would win. I said they would score 31 points. I called the momentum of the team defense and running shout out to the defense shout out to Devin White shout out to Shaq Barrett shout out to playoff Lenny I was texting you the whole game I'm at playoff Lenny shout out to the 0-26 Bucks the franchise started 0-26 now we have two Super Bowls I would like to point out that you left someone out from your shout outs he may not have all 10 fingers but he could still put up a pass rush. JPP, your Giants let him go, man. They didn't want him no more. Nobody wanted these bucks. I mean, nobody wanted JPP. Well, the Giants didn't want JPP. Everyone but that, picked but it, against the Bucks this game, all the Except for the players. Did you see the players on CBS? <laughs> and I'll get to that. I'll let you all know exactly why the, the players, players pick. including myself, I'm going to throw myself in there. I'm a player too. That's why we pick because we know the game and we know the commentary and we know what we have to hear. But I'm at Tampa Bay. I just got to say again, shouts out to Tampa Bay. You know, the Tampa Bay Raptors were 2019 NBA champions. The Tampa Bay Lightning were 2020 Stanley Cup champions. The Tampa Bay Rays were 2020 World Series runner up. And now my Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions. The first team to ever make it to the Super Bowl in their hometown. The first team to ever win it in their hometown. What was your prediction again? I'm at, remind remind the I, I had a I had a blowout. Prediction was for the I game. had a blowout. It was you did say blowout. Yeah, you did say blowout. Just the other way. You did say blowout. I give but you that. You got I that like, part right. You said blowout. I would like to point out that you included World Series runner-up. Is there going to be a banner at Tropicana Field, World Series runner-up? Oh, you know what I should have said? 2020 American League champions. 2020 American League champions. There you go. How's that? There you go. That's a little better. I appreciate American that. League and champions. I, and that and banner will hang in Tropicana Field. <laughs> and, and I appreciate that you went with Tampa Bay Raptors. That's That's solid. The Raptors won it two years ago, man. They're playing yeah. in Tampa now. So we, we got <laughs> so, an NBA championship. So we since, got an MLB. Since, we since got Brady's, <laughs> Since Brady's in Tampa, does, does all the Patriots championships come with him? No, thank you. We don't want no. those. You don't want, we don't those? want those? Okay. We don't want those. So we let's, want new ones. Let's, let, let's talk about this game specifically. Bucks, Chiefs. The Bucks won 31 to 9. How many points did I say they'd score on it? How many points? 30, I think you said 31-27. 31-27 was my prediction. 31. My bad. I didn't think the Chiefs would not come with no juice to this game. 
I didn't think my Bucks defense was going to completely shut down the baby goat, the kid everyone was talking about all week. But I, I, I'll, I'll let you continue here. So we have the oldest head coach matchup, and Bruce Arians is now the oldest head coach to win a Super Bowl at 68 years and 217 days. But you know what? That hat, that hat makes him look young. That hat makes him young. It's the He's style. He's got that swag. He's got that swag. Two people can pull off that hat. Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Arians. That's it. There you no go. One else. There you go. So let's look at the Bucks. All 31 points scored by players not on the team in 2019, as I stated earlier. So I'd like to point out, because people are going to come out and say, look, Brady goes to Tampa. All of a sudden, Tampa's winning. There's a couple of people that came in that had some, some significant impact in winning this game. We also have to give credit to the guys that were there who took of a course. step back. Because it's hard of course. to bring in new players and new faces and say, okay, I'll give up some of my catches. I'll give up some of my playing time. I'll give up some of that. So I think the transition, the existing, the Bucks players that were on the team who gave up some of their shine, right? Mike Evans is going to get less catches. Okay, the tight ends are going to get still less got catches a thousand yards. Bronx there. Still so, got yeah. a thousand yards. Of course, Mike that's Evans automatic. That's automatic. That's automatic for Mike Evans. They're the sixth team since 1970 to win their final three playoff games as an underdog. They are the fifth team to win a Super Bowl the year after having a losing seven and nine record as they did in 2019. The second quarterback to win a Super Bowl in their first season with the team, it was Trent Dilfer with the 2000 Ravens who ended up beating my Giants. And also, if you think about it, Dilfer wasn't that great in that game. That was also a defense game. That, that was defense a defense and that Giants. Super Bowl took place in Tampa Bay, Florida. Of course. <laughs> and it is the first time ever that a team has beaten three Super Bowl MVPs in the same postseason. So tell me, how'd they do it, my friend? Man, I'm telling you, why did the players, so all the analysts, Ahmed, took the Chiefs in this game. All Most of the analysts, okay, 90% of analysts, there's no way, Tampa has no shot in this game. The Chiefs are going to run up and down the field, including you, my friend, said lopsided game, Chiefs are going to dominate this game. This really reminded me, going into it, the setup reminded me of the 2006 National Championship game. You know, I was on the Florida Gators at that time, and we heard for weeks how great Ohio State was Troy Smith had just won the Heisman Trophy we didn't deserve to be in the game who are these Florida Gators from the south they barely squeaked by they lost the game that season they don't belong on the same field as the Ohio State Buckeyes there's no way that they should have been it should have been Michigan and Ohio State in the championship game all the analysts were saying this on TV trust me we had no doubts that we were winning that game and I'll show it you they ran the opening kickoff back and the defense allowed only one touchdown the rest of the way. We ended up winning the game 41 to 14. And I'll never forget in the locker room, you know, we were getting crunk. We were listening to plies in the locker room before the game. And Ohio State walked by the locker room. They didn't even dress up. We had our suits on, dressed for success. They had their jumpsuits on. They walked by and just shake their head like this team has nothing on us. And what do we do? beat them 41-14, only allowing one touchdown to the Heisman Trophy winner. So fast forward now to, to my Bucks in 2021 and in this game and going into it, I told you, I felt like the Bucks were just the hungrier team. The Chiefs were younger and they just won last year. So they might 
be a bit complacent. The Bucks were the disrespected team. The defense was improving. They were getting hotter and hotter and stronger each week of the postseason and that the Chiefs having won might have made them complacent on it. And I feel like it played out just like that. And when you get disrespected for so long, Ahmed, there's only so long you can hear you don't belong. There's only so long that you can listen to. You're just not that good and the team is so much better than you. So I want you to hear the hunger, what I saw, what players saw and heard leading to my prediction in this game. Because Devin White in this clip talks about the disrespect the Buccaneers defense felt. Hey, Devin, congratulations on being a Super Bowl champion. I'm sure for you guys, it didn't matter if it was one pointer or how many points it was, 22 out there. But, but does it mean a little bit more that not only did you guys win, you won by the margin that you did. And this Buccaneers performance defensively is going to go down as one of the most dominant in Super Bowl history. Yeah, it mattered. It mattered from the start to the finish. We, we talked about beating them bad. We knew they weren't physical enough. You know, they, they like they real gimmicky on offense and man, Man, we don't, we don't play like that, man. We like smash my football. We like coming down here, getting in them trenches. That's what we built off. That's why we're the number one rush defense in the league. And that's why on the back end, we strapped up, man. So we, we knew we wanted to blow them out. We knew whatever we gave them in that first game, it was because they got because we gave them. And Ty Bowles weren't letting that happen this game. I just know, man, we was just out there like finish them, finish them, finish them. We didn't want them to score. That was our biggest thing. We did not want them to score. Cause like, you know, they, they, everybody say they the best offense in the world. They was going to score 30, 40 and they didn't score a single touchdown. So our whole mindset was just keep our foot on the gas. Even at the end, we still, they drove down. We still didn't want to let them score. I mean, we didn't take it personal, but it was just crazy to us that we were still underdogs. We defeated Drew Brees. We defeated Aaron Rodgers. And then we was like, he was the MVP and we still was underdogs. <laughs> Man, we just knew we had, we just wanted to win the Super Bowl. We didn't really care about what the media was saying because the media not out there on the field. Hey, so like I said, man, we don't even keep score. We just run that shit up and leave. Yeah, the whole team unselfish. Think about this. We had one pro bowler, but we was able to win the Super Bowl. How do that sound? It don't sound good. Like, how do we have only one pro bowler, but a team with no pro bowler is able to go on and win the Super Bowl? Something not right, but that's not what we play for. You know, we play for the bigger picture. You see this trophy on this side, this side, whatever, this side, the Lombardi, that's what we play for. That was the goal. It's in our building, all around our building. You know, one team, one goal. And that's Devin White right there. Game high, 12 tackles, two for loss. And he told you, we have no pro bowlers on this team and won a Super Bowl. That doesn't make any sense. And he told you, we like smash mouth football. And all I could think of, I mean, when I saw this post game, was Michael Jordan looking down at the iPad and saying, and I took that personally. We have no Pro Bowls on this team. I took that personally. The Chiefs are the best offense we've ever seen in our lives. I took that personally. And Patrick Mahomes cannot be beat. And the Bucks defense took that personally. So when we break down the Bucks, it's the first wild card team to win the Super Bowl since 2010. It's the fifth wild card to reach since the year 2000. And we can call them road warriors because hey if you're coming through the wild card you're definitely traveling to all those games we have the 2020 bucks beat the chiefs go back to 2010 packers beat the steelers go back to 2007 my giants who i would argue the original road warriors they had that monica put on them beat the pats the perfect patriots not so perfect in that super bowl the 2005 steelers beat the seahawks the 2000 ravens demolished the Giants. 
the 1997 Broncos beat the Packers, the 1980 Raiders beat the Eagles, and the 1969 Chiefs beat the Vikings. They were the first to do it. The AFL invented the wild card. Which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Full trip, round trip. Last week, we told you guys about the history of the NFL. We told you guys about the history of the AFL, how the Super Bowl came to be. And the Chiefs were the first ever wild card team to win the Super Bowl. My Bucks got it done in Super Bowl 55. So defense wins championships. I mean, I told all the Beyonders that defense wins championships. I was texting with Vince, shout out to Vince on this topic. And what you've heard is that Tom Brady beat Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. What really happened is that the Buccaneers defense beat Super Bowl champion and Hall of Famer Drew Brees. The Bucks D beat MVP and Super Bowl champion Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. And the Buccaneers defense dominated MVP, Super Bowl MVP, defending champion, the kid, baby goat, Patrick Mahomes. The Bucks D pressured Patrick Mahomes 29 times on 56 dropbacks. That's the most in Super Bowl history. And I told you guys, defense, 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 Kansas City Chiefs, the best offense of the last two seasons, did not score a touchdown in this game. That's the first time since November 19th of 2017 that they did not score a touchdown. But yeah, to your point, look, Mahomes' most dropbacks under pressure in Super Bowl history with his 29. It's crazy. The Bucks only blitzed six times. This is Todd Bowles at his best. He knew he had to switch it up, and he did, and that threw them off. And then, of course, he had Jim Kelly who had 25, and Tom Brady had 23 when we look at the top three. And the Falcons game, but Brady won that game. 28 to three with four minutes and 44 seconds left in the third quarter. That's that correct. You know, never count them out. The Bucks defense just came to play and completely shut them down. And I mentioned, what were they gonna do to Mahomes in this game and specifically Tyreek Hill? That Tyreek Hill got 233 yards in a quarter against us, Amit, and that there was no way that Tyreek Hill would do it to us again. Todd Bowles was not gonna let it happen. I told you Tyreek Hill, after what he did last game, Todd Bowles wouldn't let the defense let that happen again. Head to head, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes were separated by one point. We pointed it out to you last week, Beyonders. 121 points to Patrick Mahomes, 120 points for Tom Brady. After this game, not so close. Patrick Mahomes had a 49.9 total QBR quarterback rating, his second lowest in his 54-game career. Patrick Mahomes has never lost by more than a touchdown in the NFL. Think about that. He has never lost a game. He has started in the NFL by more than one touchdown. I think 31-9, a couple of touchdowns right there. And he rushed the ball for 497 yards before passing or being sacked. That is the most by a quarterback this season. His worst losses as a starter, Amit. Let me work this list beyond the numbers podcast. Super Bowl 55, he lost 31 to nine. This season, he lost to the Las Vegas Raiders 40 to 32. There's eight points. In 2019, he lost to Houston. 32 to 24 in 2018 he lost to the seahawks 
38 to 31. The Bucks just handed Patrick Mahomes his largest loss since he was at Texas Tech when he lost 59 to 36 against Texas. And he was eight for 24 against pressure. His season average, 47%. Yeah, and this was the third most penalty yards in Super Bowl history, or the three highest. Uh, we have to go all the way back to Super Bowl five with the Cowboys and the Colts with 133 yards. We then jump not too far forward to Super Bowl nine with the Steelers and the Vikings with 122 yards. And of course, this past week, Super Bowl 55, the Chiefs had 120 yards what happened with the chiefs well they had 11 penalties for as i stated 120 yards which is their season high in terms of both penalties and penalty yards they had 90 in the second quarter which is the most in a quarter in super bowl history and it is the sixth defending champs to lose there's the third time in a row that that's happened and this wasn't new and a lot of people were texting you know oh well if the chiefs a lot of penalties in the second quarter and that's the reason the bucks won the game look that's not the reason the bucks won the game we can't get mad at the rules and it goes back to the green bay game Ahmed, when at the end they called the pass interference he pulled shirt not jersey in this game i agree in the super bowl typically in championship games you let the boys play and they were calling a lot of things but as i texted you and as i texted our group the bucks saw something on film the Chiefs are the most aggressive all season long. They punch at the line and they do a lot of holding on the receivers. And you best believe that Tom Brady knew that and he was throwing balls up to make sure that the calls were made. All season long, the Chiefs have been the more penalized team, even in games that they have won. So this was not something new for them. You just cannot do that in championship games against championship competition and expect to win overall i'm i texted you and i felt like and this isn't a diss against the kansas city chiefs i have a ton of respect for the chiefs i have a ton of respect for patrick mahomes i was going for them in last year's super bowl but overall i felt like they were the golden state warriors in a way three championship games in a row they're a young team and injuries caught up to them it's hard to sustain winning championships year after year keeping the motivation especially with the young team where i told you last week tom brady sees the light at the end of the tunnel the bucks team is older they want to win it for bruce airy they want to win it for the oldest coach who has never won it okay they had the same motivations the chiefs had last year in wanting to win it for andy reed and being the hungry team that hadn't won anything and wasn't getting the respect so how did it happen we talked about the defense, but um, I also said that the run game would be especially important in this game, defense and running the ball. And in 2002, John Gruden and the 2002 a Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a saying, pound that rock, pound that rock. And there was a rock in the locker room and that's all that John Gruden was saying in 2002. And I remember the parade going through downtown Tampa and they were saying pound that rock. So like I said, playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones combined for 197 yards. And personally, this was my MVP of the game because he set the tone for this game. 
he came with it. The three runs in the first quarter, back to back to back, he got three first downs, was a big, we are going to stuff you down the middle, and there's nothing that you can do about it, and playoff Lenny is here to bust you in the mouth. Patrick Mahomes had 497 yards rushing, like I said. That was backwards. You got to rush forwards. I agree. And it's actually, it's surprising. Some of those passes, even the Buck sideline guys were sitting there and they were mic'd up and you could like, how did, how did he just run around and get that pass off? Mahomes is unbelievable. Mahomes has had to improvise on almost every snap. How did he, yo. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Yo, he is a magician. I'm convinced. Who? No, 15. No one that just be spinning out of nowhere, just throw the ball backwards with a left hand. Fourth and nine. Again, running for his life. Mahomes got it away. Incomplete. How did he do that? I don't know. Bro, he's, a, he's a magician. I don't know how he does that. Some of those passes, I mean, based on the angles that he was at and how it was like, oh, you're just throwing it away. Oh no, you're throwing it to something. It's a credit right. to Patrick Mahomes. Cause imagine any other, imagine if this was against Peyton Manning. Imagine if this was against Drew Brees. Imagine if this was against a guy that couldn't move. This game would have had 20 sacks. The only He's reason like, there were only three sacks was because Mahomes can run 497 <laughs> yards and throw the ball while he's in midair posing like he's laying on a couch and get whip velocity on the ball to get it in the air 30 yards. That's the only reason. Yeah, it was absolutely wild, some of those plays. So hats off to Patrick Mahomes, who played his heart out, and this the loss is not his fault. Like I said, sometimes two great teams meet each other, Amit, and one team just wants it more. You've seen the Rocky franchise. Rocky wanted it more in Rocky 1 and Rocky 2, but then he got a little, you know, he got a little complacent. He had money, he had a nice house, and you know what? Mr. T wanted it more and took it. So that sometimes that mental aspect, I think Tom Brady seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are a young team just getting started. Their mentality, oh, we'll be back next year. We can do this again. We have time. Tom Brady's like, yo, I have a couple of years left. I don't have time. So I need to get these wins now. And I think the Bucks, Leonard Fournette's been in the league a long time. And Dominican Sue's been in the league a long time. Antonio Brown's been in the league a lot of a long time. And a lot of those guys felt disrespected. Mike Evans been one of the best receivers in the league for the past seven years that he's been in the league. A thousand yards receiving every year, not getting the respect they felt they, they deserved, especially the Bucks defense with Shaq Barrett and Devin White, the two best linebackers in the game. I told you also that it would take time. It would just take time, Mom. And we, we went back and forth a little bit two episodes ago. So BTN 44, BTN 45. And you said, okay, week 12, is that the midpoint of the season for you? And I argued back, yes. Because what happens in football is until you get the bye week, you cannot make the adjustments as a team and implement a game plan and have time to go back and look. So halftime um, of the Chiefs game week 12, that's when the Bucks run to the Super Bowl started. Something flipped in that locker room. It was 27-0. Tyreek Hill ran it. He had 233 yards in one quarter against us. They were pushing us up and down the field. We look like crap. And at halftime of that game, until the Super Bowl win, the Bucks have not lost 
a game. They have not lost a quarter almost in that time. So the Bucks, this Bucks team, I also said a year early and you said, man, dude, what are you talking about a year early, right? And when you're talking about your team being a year early to the dance, 12 padded pack practices before the game because of coronavirus. And like you said, this is a new team with new faces and a new quarterback who has to learn a new plan. So they were learning each other during the season, not in a traditional off-season program where you get time to implement and preseason games and time to iron out the kinks. We saw it happening in real time. So the Tampa Bay Patriots, like I said, new guys, new faces on the team. Shouts out to Heather and James, huge beyonders. They love the Patriots. And I joke with them that they jumped on the bandwagon with the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Patriots, however they want to put it, for Tommy and Gronky. And Rob Gronkowski had something very interesting to say after the game. He said in a series of conversations with Tom Brady, he had been waiting for him to make his move before making his decision on whether or not to come back. He's the first player, Rob Gronkowski, to have a catch in five different Super Bowls, and they just became Tommy and Gronky. Two tutties, two tutties, two tutties. Most touchdowns by a quarterback receiver duo in playoff history. I'm gonna run through this list. Tom Brady and Gronk have 14, including two in Super Bowl 55 to pull away from Hall of Famer Joe Montana and Hall of Famer Jerry Rice at 12. And Brett Favre and Antonio Freeman having 10. They have five career Super Bowl touchdowns, puts Gronk second all time. Tom Brady in this game, Ahmed, if you think about it, was pretty quiet. 21 of 29, 201, three touchdowns. That's an efficient, that's a sh 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 pulling out the scalpel with precision if he, he only had eight incompletions in this game. He's the second quarterback to win a Super Bowl in his in his first year with the team. We mentioned that Trent Dilfer was the first. He did it with the Baltimore Ravens. He was also a former Buccaneer at that time. And in Tom Brady's 10 Super Bowls, Ahmed, he had never won a touchdown pass in the first quarter. It was the first time he did that. Yeah, and let's look at the, the Chiefs for a second. Their one lone semi-bright spot was Travis Kelsey. He did have 10 receptions for 133 yards, um, which is the most receiving yards by a tight end in Super Bowl history. So oddly enough, even on a quiet game, uh, he did still show up. That's one of those automatics. He's going to put up yards regardless. A lot of those were, I think, garbage yards near the end. When you look at that fourth quarter, he had a couple of long pass plays that he kind of racked up some yards, but still got the yards. It was during the game. Uh, you know, we talked about some of those throws from Mahomes. The, the one where he was pretty much lying down, like in the air, sprawled out. I don't know how you get the... Because when you're throwing, you've got to be able to push off right? It's so much about your legs and how you're rotating and pushing through. I don't know how you get that much behind the ball to make some of those passes when you're in the air, but it was it was pretty wild to, to watch. And when you look at the, the final product and you look at the end of the game, I have to think about the fact that Andy Reid potentially was not going to coach this game due to personal issues. Now, I know that was probably never going to happen, but I know it had been talked about. Um, and so if Eric Bieniemy had coached this game and we had the exact same results, I guarantee you Bieniemy would, he's already not getting any coaching opportunities. He would never have a future 
it would have been wild. And the argument for Bienemy is always that he's next to Andy Reid. It's really Andy Reid's offense. You're going to see people slam him for the the way the Chiefs offense played out, but then you'll also, no one wants to pick him up because it's not really his offense. So it's in a tough spot for him, but I could just see how everyone would completely break down um, and blow him up if this was the same exact game played out, uh, but Andy Reid wasn't there. No, you're absolutely right. And we've talked about race on this podcast. We've talked about coaching has no color boundaries guys can coach and don't get the right opportunities or get put in situations where it's a setup for the okie doke houston texans job looking like that right now right they they put a black head coach nine coaching openings only one black head coach was extended a job and that job has a quarterback who wants out of town no draft picks for the next three to five years an aging d-line and like They've traded away their best players the last two or three years. Okay, yeah, come in and coach this. I agree with you. If he had coached this game, you know, it's it's it, it probably would have played out where he might never get an opportunity to coach. But Andy Reid was dealing with that personal issue, like you mentioned, and Chris Berman on ESPN after the game, he said it. None of the Chiefs would say it. His son was involved in a, in a car accident and two children were in the hospital fighting for their lives. The linebackers coach of the Chiefs was involved in that um, accident and it's still being investigated, but it might have distracted the team. Now, was it enough to distract them to lose the game to this level? I don't think so. 31 to 9, they were beat pretty handily, right? It, was, it didn't come down to a play or two. It didn't come down to a kick at the end. I let's, think the Bucks had the right game plan for this game, but it bears repeating that when your coach, when your head coach is hurting, when your team is hurting, your family together, you're all kind of hurting a little bit together. Yeah, and, and to put it this way, when you look back at that game, I don't think you could point out and say, oh, if Mahomes did A, B, or C, they would have won. Focus has nothing to do with your offensive line getting completely owned for four quarters. No, game, right. game plan, game plan, game plan. And Todd Bowles had it. Todd Bowles had a game plan this game. And I told you, and I told the Beyonders out there, after you get beat that bad like we did in week 12, it's not going to happen that same way again because clearly in week 12, we were playing single high safety. You talked about Travis Kelsey having the most receiving yards for a tight end in Super Bowl history. You know why? Because we dared Mahomes to throw it down low. You can have all the yards you want. We are going to play deep, and you guys are not going to beat us for a deep play and you're not going to score a touchdown that's exactly the way the bucks defensive coordinator todd Bowles drew it up that's exactly the way the bucks played it it was impressive to see how many catches were dropped there were a lot of drop catches i agree with you and that Mahomes was wild had a couple of bad throws in the first half also and again it comes back to like i said the golden state warriors you look at the championship run that they had you look at the loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and this is just sports talk in general. They were tired, and the Cavs came back from 3-1, and what started happening, Amit? Steph Curry's guaranteed to make these shots. They start kind of not going in. A, middle, a millimeter here, a millimeter there, and those shots that were going in don't go in, right? And then you look at them this past season when Clay got hurt. My, I argue they beat the Toronto Raptors, the Tampa Raptors. They beat them if Clay doesn't get hurt in game six, right? They pushed that team to six games, missing their best player, Kevin Durant. 
But what happens? It's the war of attrition. You get to championships two, three, four years in a row. Your body has more miles on it than the other team. You start to get complacent. You start to get injured. The things that are going right start not going right. They were not easy the whole time. It's hard to sustain that level of excellence. And I think the Chiefs day just came and the Bucks had the perfect game plan and Week 12 was a tune-up for the Super Bowl. And if you look back, I think all the Bucks talked about that game. This might be the Super Bowl. Let's use the second half to make some adjustments. And guess what? From 27-0, we pulled up 27-24 and lost it because Tom Brady threw a pick, I think. And in the fourth quarter, we had a chance to tie the game at the end. When you look at a game like that, okay, Tyreek Hill had, Tyreek Hill had two or three touchdowns. 200 yards in one 233 yards in one quarter and we only lost by three you say we could beat that team trust me we can beat that team yeah and from a game plan standpoint i don't think that the chiefs actually adjusted anything i i and part of me thinks they just expected to see the same team that they saw in week uh when they played the first time What's they just did the bucks were giving them all the underneath stuff so you have to run the ball that's why i said championships come down to defense and running you have to run the ball to establish the pass. The Bucks were daring the Chiefs to run the ball and the Chiefs continue to play, you know, baseball, Ahmed. They were trying to hit home runs. And sometimes you got to hit some singles, some doubles and drive in runs. And the Chiefs didn't want, they wanted to hit the long ball and that's it. They had a lot of pop outs to the outfield. They got in to the red zone a couple of times, came away with field goals. They kept trying to hit the home run. They stopped trying to get singles, doubles, and triples. If you think about it, this is what the Bills had done to them by the Chiefs, right? You're trading touchdowns with field goals. You had the same exactly. thing. In, you had the same thing the Bucks did to the Chiefs. They were trading touchdowns for field goals. And exactly. You're not, not going to win. The other argument I, I told you was the Chiefs didn't really have a challenge making it to the Super Bowl, where the Bucks were challenged by the Packers challenged by the saints right washington gave him a good game taylor heineke played a tremendous game that game so the bucks had a more tested road and i think sometimes you need that testing you've seen it in baseball the team that gets to the world series they sweep their way in they're sitting at the hotel for a month waiting for the other team to win that team has three seven game series and comes in and beats the team that's been sitting there waiting all this time who was never challenged so i think here was similar the Bills were never going to present that challenge to the Chiefs. I know you picked them, but I'm sorry. The Bills are not on the Chiefs level. There's no way they were going to present a challenge to them. The Browns, not on the Chiefs level, weren't going to present a challenge. And I think the Chiefs just didn't have any iron to sharpen them. Iron sharpens iron. And they didn't have anybody to sharpen them before this game. The Bucks did. They had three Hall of Fame quarterbacks they had to face, three Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, three MVPs they beat on their way to the Super Bowl. You brought up Tyler Heineke, and we have to give a shout out. Shout right? out to Tyler Heineke, man. The man, I'm glad he's the getting man, his money now. The man was gonna be—he was taking classes. He—he he had to move his in exam. Mathematics. In mathematics. He had to move his. Yeah, let's talk about the math on this one. He went from having to take a mathematics exam to playing in the postseason in the NFL, and then signing a two-year, eight-point-three million-dollar contract. Shout out. Hat tip. Hat you brought it up. Hat, hat it up. tip. Hat tip. I'm glad you brought that up. And I want to point out one other thing. I mean, we're talking about the game. Did any um, any other thoughts on the game? No. I mean, you and I have talked about this. The, the staff. What I think what stood out to me, and, and we've we've talked about this in 
in a lot of detail in the past couple of days, that coaching staff. Yeah, I want to point out, you know, this is the most diverse staff in the NFL and the team that won the championship. Diversity is always good for business, regardless of the business, because you have a diversity of thoughts, ideas, and a diversity of game planning. It's the first black coordinators to win the Super Bowl. You have Byron Leftwich, who's the black offensive coordinator for the Bucks. You have Todd Bowles, who is the defensive coordinator for the Bucks. You have some women also on the staff of the Buccaneers. The offensive line coach is a woman and one of the strength and conditioning coaches. And the Bucks ended up with the most diverse staff in the NFL, the only team in the top five in defense and offense. So, you know, diversity, like I said, it's it's always a win because you get different ideas, different viewpoints, and you can advance your product, your service, your team, your game planning, your ideas. They just go that much further that way. And the Chiefs too, I mean, we've talked about the Chiefs also have a diverse coaching staff as well. I think that's what I said going into the game. Everyone loves Andy Reid as a coach and a person as a man. Everyone loves Bruce Arians as a coach, as a person, as a man. And Bruce Arians said something after the game. I mean, he said it was time. He didn't get a chance to coach until he was already in his 60s to become a head coach in the National Football League. Everyone passed on him. They thought he was too old. They thought he didn't have the experience. He had the minority experience. I mean, everybody passed on this man on the way to being a Super Bowl head winning coach. And I think he can sympathize and he understands. Yo, I might not look the part. I may have not have had the experience yet. I may look different than what this usually looks like, but that doesn't mean that I can't get the job done. They asked him about including women on the staff. You know what he said, Amit? I just felt like it was time. The guys respond to teaching and they respond to coaching. And it doesn't matter if you're a man, a woman, gay, straight, or anything else. If you can teach them, if you can help them get better, if you can help them win games, they do not care. They just want to be the best they can be. So I commend my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not only on the Super Bowl win, but also on knocking down a lot of walls in the NFL. And it's a copycat league. I hope and I pray that a lot of teams take this blueprint and run with it. So before we close this out, we should look at sort of the age factor. When we look at people, or specifically athletes, with multiple titles after the age There are four players that have done it across the four major sports. Jack Quinn in the MLB was 47 years old on the 1938 athletics team. Eno Slaughter, also in Major League Baseball. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the NBA. And of course, your boy, Thomas Brady. Sir Thomas. Sir Thomas. Thomas. Oh, shit. Okay. Sir Thomas of Brady. He got it done this season. And guess what? He ended the year with exactly 50 touchdown passes this season i mean i think that means now he's gonna try to play until he's 50. that's seven more seasons left in him based on what we've seen this season (laughs) i wouldn't doubt if he has seven seasons left in him let's wrap this thing up It's not every day I'm at your team wins the Super Bowl. So just thank you for indulging me, Beyonders. I know these last episodes, they've been kind of long. I'm going on. I'm just a kid from Tampa Bay, Florida. 
I told you my Bucks would get it done, and they did. I told you they would score 31 points, and they did. I told you the defense would show up, and it did. Defense wins championships. Amit, you bet against Tom Brady. You bet against my Bucks. We've been to Bucks games. Tampa is our second home. Do you have anything to say here? The floor Look, is yours. I got a couple things to say. <laughs> Fortunately for me, every time I've faced Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, it has not been a problem. Uh, 2-0. 2-0. Oh, oh. I had Eli Manning confidence with Patrick Mahomes. And I was like, if, if Manning can do it twice, Mahomes, come on. Come on. But didn't work out. A good win for the Bucs. I'm happy you got to see your team win. It doesn't happen often. I finished 2020 2-1 when it comes to finals predictions. NBA, got it. MLB, got it. So I'll take the L here. I'll take it. I'll learn from it. But I'll tell you what, I'm riding with Money Mahomes in 2021, and I will see you in the Super Bowl again. You heard it here first. Part two is happening. First team to beat Mahomes by double digits. First team to keep him from scoring a tutty. I'm oh, calling call that my Bucks will be goodness. better next year than they were this year. They'll actually have more practices, more than 12 practices before they play their first game. Hopefully the virus won't disrupt the offseason. They'll have more continuity, more time together, more practices together. And I think they'll go for two, like Bruce Arians said, they will go for two. This will be a rematch next year. You heard it here first, Beyonders. The Chiefs and the Bucks are running it back next year. Two tutties. Two tutties. So my favorite part of the game, I'm in all seriousness, and I do think the Super Bowl will be a repeat next year. My favorite part of the game, after the game, Bruce Arians shouted out his 95-year-old mom who actually brought him out of retirement to coach again, who was in the stands. He also said he didn't do anything and that the players did it. And that's the true sign of a great leader. They allow their team, their employees, their organization to thrive. They set the culture and then trust their guys. And that's what he did. That's what we have in Tampa Bay. And like I said, Tom Brady going to win the next two or three. Aaron Rodgers going to get tired of being in the cold. He going to come down to Tampa. He's going to win two or three. We'll just be the retirement village, Tampa Bay retirement village for all quarterback. You want a Super Bowl? Come down to Tampa. Bruce Aaron's going to give you some days off. We're going to give you sunshine. We're going to give you rest. And then you're going to win championships. That's the pitch right there. That's the recruiting pitch. Just like Bruce Arians said he didn't do anything, we cannot do this thing without you guys. So be sure to share the podcast with some friends. And be sure to ask your friends, have you gone beyond the number in sports this week? Have you? Have you? This has got to be the night of your life. Yeah, I have so many people to thank. My wife, Chris, Jake Christie. My mom's up there, she's 95. Love you, mom. But now, this really belongs to our coaching staff and our players. This is your trophy. I didn't do a damn thing. You guys won this game, all right? You came together as a band of brothers and you made it happen. So proud of all of you. Thank you. 
That's all down, baby. Confetti everywhere. How sweet it is. Look at it, dog. Look at it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, underdogs at home. The defense does its job, and Tom Brady just does his thing. How about that? His 10th Super Bowl. Tommy Ball. Callie, is this his sixth ring? Seventh ring? Seventh. Seventh ring. That's seven. That's seven. That's seven. Monte! Oh, you brother. You did this, dog. Hey, it's been a long road. Nine years. Nine years. You have so broke. Keep falling. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Let's go. Let me see. Cry. Let me see your son. Ah. I am so proud of you. Yo, look what we did. Look. We did it. Look what we did. Look what we do. This is what we do. You're too tidy. You're too tidy. We did it, buddy. We won Super Bowl. Remember that? Oh, I love you guys. Oh, yeah. That felt great. Cold, too. Damn, I wish you weren't so soggy. Me, too. I need to go change. How about that, baby? Hey, girly girl. <laughs> How about that? That was my baby. There's my boy. Dad! All right, Mama. You guys happy? Yeah. I'm happy. Dad, what a year. I, promise, I got the eye black on your face. Come here. Mom, I promise you to do one thing. I love you. Best ever, man. I can't believe y'all came to Tampa Bay. I love it. Y'all came yeah. just to do this. You came to do this. Yes, you. Is there a more appropriate place to put a championship stage than under the pirate ship? Tom Brady, you are the man. You are the goat. Hey, sweetie. You, you, you My coach, B.A. What's up, buddy? You're a cheer all day. Yeah, man. The Vince Lombardi Trophy is staying in Tampa Bay. Let's give that trophy to Bruce Arians. It's just a tremendous story, one that could be written and rewritten, and I don't think you could write it any better than what Tom Brady just did for the Buccaneers. And there's more to come, right, Tom? Yeah, we're coming back. Thanks for going beyond the numbers with us. We're a weekly podcast dedicated to going beyond the numbers of sports to bring you the story within the story of the stories that matter. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at beyond the numbers podcast and on Twitter at BTN of sports pod. We're available on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and whatever you're listening to us on now. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to Beyond the Numbers of Sports podcast for all our latest content. Until next time. Until next time, peace.